BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's actually a really great video. I think it's probably gone viral, but of this little baby elephant that's chasing birds and it keeps running through these big swarms of birds and chasing them away and then it trips and falls and hurts itself and then it gets up and literally runs crying to its mother <laughs> and hides underneath her legs it is the sweetest everyone's got their thing Fanatics, we're back, and I am super excited. It is, of course, me, Jake Marin, here with the amazing Claire Kramer, and today we're going to be talking to Alexandra Esso, and I'm stoked because I love her work, Claire. I am so excited about her latest project. Right now, she is starring opposite Russell Crowe in The Pope's Exorcist, and this movie, I just watched the trailer like five times. It looks so good. I cannot wait to see it. It looks fun, and I've heard it's really good, and I'm excited to go see it, too. Uh, but mainly I'm excited because Alexandra is awesome. I just saw her in Midnight Mass a few months ago and she killed it. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but she plays an old lady and she's young ah. and it's awesome. And she's also in, of course, The Haunting of Bly Manor and Dr. Sleep where she plays Shelley Duvall, but like she's not Shelley Duvall. Anyway, she's awesome. She obviously has huge range because she is like the sweetest, nicest, like most normal looking like woman. And so you're saying all these characters she's played. I, I can't wait to check out like some of her other work. It's crazy to me because in this episode, she gives us such an amazing breakdown of elephants. Like, I'm just letting the listeners know, you got to get excited because you're about to learn and probably walk away loving elephants. Wouldn't you agree, Claire? I know that for the rest of the day, possibly into the night, and possibly in the morning, I'll be Googling, like, elephant videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, and I think I'll be doing it for the rest of my life, honestly. <laughs> well, that's a little much, but hey, you know what? More power to you, Jake. All right, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Oh, and by the way, if you do enjoy this episode or have enjoyed past episodes, be sure to rate us on iTunes. You know what? That helps. That helps spread the word sharing is caring. We like to say that. Spread the word of the podcast with a friend. Give us a rating. Give us a like. Follow us on Twitter and enjoy Alexandra talking about her love of elephants. Alexandra, what is the craziest thing that you're aware of that an elephant has ever moved with their trunk? With their trunk? Uh, one elephant tipped over 
a truck full of sightseers. <gasps> on a safari. Yeah, on a safari, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not in New York City, but actually in the elephant's homeland. Right. I mean, that's appropriate. You know, they were they were displaced, those tourists, and they needed to be displaced out of their vehicle. Yeah, elephants don't owe anybody anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, we owe them a lot, so... Yeah, we're going to talk more about that, but if you haven't guessed, today's episode is about elephants. That is your fanaticism. How would you describe the mammal that is known as the elephant. I believe it's the biggest mammal around, correct? It is. It's the biggest land mammal. Okay. It's sort of like, you know, the sort of whale equivalent of land mammals in in more ways than one, interestingly enough. Okay. Yeah. What defines an elephant? What are some traits, characteristics, and a general overview? If you're explaining this mammal to like a three or four-year-old who's, you know, really not aware, what description would you give? Oh, I love that. Well, you know, Elephants, the apart from being very large and very gray, they have the trunk that they're so famous for, you know, prehensile proboscis that uh, is sort of like a their arm, essentially. Oh, and yeah, of course, their tusks, which are just enlarged incisors that grow out of their mouth. They use them for protection, but also for tools or as a tool, I should say. The fact that their tusks are actually teeth is a little bit alarming. <laughs> like, yeah, it is alarming. What happened in evolution that that happened? <laughs> well, that's a very good question. The genus that they're a part of is called something like Loxodate, mm-hmm. something like that. And they are descended from mammoths, from woolly mammoths, uh-huh. which, of course, had like the real big boys. But that's, you know, like a lot of four-legged, you know, quadrupeds, most of their tools and protection are in their face. And Mm. because they're very gentle, I mean, they're herbivores, highly, highly socially intelligent. They don't have like sharp teeth for tearing meat and Mm -hmm. biting enemies. So, you know, instead they have to rely on their weight, their incredible weight and their tusks really. That's fascinating. And it's clear that you know a bunch about elephants, but I guess what I'm wondering, why elephants and not, you know, hippos or dogs or some other animal? Why are elephants so crucial to your being? Well, hippos are fucking sociopaths. For- sociopaths. <laughs> yeah. Hippos are I love not them. docile. They're not docile at all. <laughs> you are more likely to die by hippo than by a great white shark. Mm. Really? Yeah. Sharks will bite humans if they're in their feeding ground, but hippos will will stalk humans and go after them and they'll go into yeah. people's properties. And there was actually recently a story about a hippo that tried to swallow a two-year-old. Yeah, and almost did. I mean, this kid was in the hippo's mouth and this guy just started wailing on this hippo with a big giant stick until the hippo spat this kid out. All right. You know what? That's bad parenting. That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we understand why not why not hippos, but why elephants? Yes. I've been obsessed with elephants since I was a little kid. My favorite movie was Dumbo. I watched it hundreds of times. Mm. And Babar. I love the Babar mm-hmm. books, the cartoon, the movie. The movie is fantastic, actually. But it was just the fact that elephants are such gentle, truly noble creatures like noble not just in their presence but in their action 
as well, which 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 has always come across. They're they're sort of the gentle giants of the animalia kind of world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they are. I also grew up like, you know, with Dumbo and Babar and other animated characters. When was the first time that you saw a real live elephant? Oh my god. Like talk us through that, Alexandra. First time I saw a real elephant was at a zoo. I want to say it was at the San Francisco Zoo. It was cool. I mean, they're magnificent. But it wasn't for very long and it was kind of like you know, they're behind this uh-huh. glass and, you know, it was really cool to see them. But the second time was when I was 12. And this, I remember a lot more clearly, uh, we had just moved to Canada and there was a place about an hour away from where we lived called African Lion Safari, which was one of those places where you drive your car through and all the animals are out and you just kind of drive around them. And, and, and it was a good place. They treated their animals very, very well. You know, once the weather got cold, they were moved to habitats. But the elephants was a different thing, obviously, because they don't want them to charge at cars or anything like that. But they would have this, like, elephant parade where they take them down to this lake where they would bathe and things like that. And you could go oh. and see them bathing. You could feed them, like, fruit. The time that we went... Uh, a couple of them had just had calves. So, which was cool that they were, you know, comfortable enough in their habitat to actually procreate because that's a big problem oftentimes in captivity is is getting animals to to breed. So I was just totally obsessed. I got to touch their trunk and one of them sprayed water at me and it was just the best day of my life. (laughs) And you were 12, right? You said? I was 12. I was 12. Yeah. And so did you walk away from that like a changed person? There's some theories about in life, there are seven incidences that sort of change you throughout the course of your life. Was this one of them? Um, I suppose in a way, I mean, if anything, it, it just sort of reinforced my obsession with elephants. I don't know if I was necessarily a different person, but I was certainly a more um, a more determined person in regards to to elephants. I guess that was when I really started doing more kind of formal research on them as well. Before it had been like just this idea that made me very happy, and you know, I had like elephant decorations in my room, and I, I still collect elephants. But yeah, no, I mean, that that definitely, you know, seeing seeing them in the flesh and interacting with them. I mean, you can see how intelligent they are. You can see how uh-huh. how well they how good they are at bonding. I mean, so elephants, their temporal lobe is about 11 times bigger and denser than any other land mammal. Wow. Yes. Uh, And because of that, their ability to form familial and social bonds is far beyond uh, a human's ability, certainly. A mother and her calf, their social dynamics among each other. Um, Elephants are also uh, naturally matriarchal. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so what happens is, you know, all of the females will travel together in a herd. While male elephants lead a very solitary life. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. So in a, in a male herd, there will be like one bull elephant. And it's sort of his job to be the disciplinarian. And he's the one that like teaches 
uh, younger elephants respect. Oh, and it's very interesting. Yeah, a, a lot of times, especially in in elephant orphanages, they'll have sometimes problems with younger male elephants because they're growing up and they're they're getting more aggressive. And you know, these are traits that are observed throughout the animal kingdom, especially humans. <laughs> Across the spectrum, absolutely. So what they'll do is they'll bring in an older bull elephant and the presence of him will help to, you know, encourage the other elephants to act right, for lack of a better word. I like that. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, elephants also, I mean, you know, back to a mother and her calf. A calf will pretty much never leave its mother's side until it's about 20, 20, because they, you know, African elephants, I think, live to like 60, between 60 and 70 years Asian elephants a little less. It's more like 50 years. Mm -hmm. um, but they're also kind of smaller and, and have a, a very different uh, ecosystem that they live mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. Alexandra, I'm curious. You glossed over something that I'm fascinated about. You talked about your collection of oh, yeah. elephants. I want to hear about that. But also I'm curious, do your friends and family buy you like elephant shirts now? Like, is that your your thing that people know you for? Um, it, it's not quite like that. Normally I like to collect them myself. You know, if I'm traveling or like anytime I go to another country, I always will look for a little elephant figurine or something like that unique to where I am. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, people will, mostly family will be like, oh, you know, I found this little elephant figurine that I thought you would like and you know, stuff like that. But it's, it's kind of part of the landscape. It's not necessarily like I have a cabinet full of elephants or anything like that. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I like, I like to kind of have them as little talismans. Actually, I'm going to grab one really quick. I'll show you. Okay. <laughs> a good talisman. I love it. Okay. So I said I would grab one, but I actually grabbed two. Um, so this is a, this is a wooden elephant puzzle. Of a mother uh, and a baby. Yes. Oh, that's so cute. Isn't that sweet? I've had this since I was three. Aww. And I must have taken this thing apart and put it back together a thousand times. And I like I like keeping stuff like that, not just because it's an elephant, but it's also it's nice to be reminded, you know, of where where I come from and yeah. what I've what I've grown out of and stuff. And then this is my little good luck charm. This is my little sleeping elephant. I don't know Aww. if you can see him. That's adorable. Yeah, I keep him by my bed. He's got a little chip on his tail because I've had him for a really long time. Oh, he's so cute. He, he looks like my 100-pound sleeping dog. Yeah. That just ate too much and now it's just <laughs> down. But I love the craftsmanship on that. Where'd you get that one? I got it at a garage sale. So random. I got it at a, at a garage sale. Um... Where was I? I want to say I was in like Santa Fe or something like that in New Mexico. And I just like. That is so sweet. I love yeah. that. It, he found you, you could say. Yes. On it, that's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so now have you been known to turn on Nat Geo and watch, you know, elephants, documentaries, yes. like the nature cams, you know, even on yeah. mute. What is your like integration with elephant media? Oh, I watch it all day. I've watched some, I mean, even just on social media, you know, I always joke that I'm only on social media for the memes, uh -huh. and, which is kind of true. <laughs> and the elephants. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I watch a lot of different elephant videos and it, it, it's just so interesting just to watch elephant behavior. Mm. They're so socially advanced. Mm -hmm. When an elephant dies, for example, 
they not only have a grieving period, but a grieving process as well, where the elephants will surround the elephant that's died and, and throw dirt on themselves. What? But yeah. And trumpets. And I mean, elephants have so many different trumpeting sounds. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Do they have any natural enemies? I know, you know, hippos are territorial, but do any, any uh, predators really attack elephants besides poachers? Uh, not really. There have been a couple recorded cases of lions will sometimes try and bring down an elephant oh. if food is really scarce. And it's like by itself or something. And yeah. it's by itself, especially if it's a baby that gets separated, mm. then it's pretty, but I mean, that, that that's pretty par for the course. There, there's no specific animal that is a predator of elephants, except for humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you'll, you'll find a lot of videos of elephants just like stomping out an alligator <laughs> or headbutting a lioness or stuff like that. I mean, the, these these things don't stand a chance because elephants are super aware and they are they will kill anything that gets close to their calves, yeah. which is pretty cool. There's actually a really great video. I think it's probably gone viral, but of this little baby elephant that's chasing birds and it keeps running through these big swarms of birds and chasing them away and then it trips and falls and hurts itself. And then it gets up and literally runs crying to its mother and (laughs) hides underneath her legs. It is the sweetest. Oh my God. Like it's, it's so, elephants have a sense of humor. Oh, and, and back to, you know, their sort of funeral, the, the herd will make a pilgrimage back to the site of the burial once a year to pay homage to their dead. And they'll bring gifts. Like they'll bring, you know, pieces of plant and they'll bring things to put on top of the grave site it's really quite astounding because you know we 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 credit that with a certain level of cognition that most animals are not capable of how do you know what day it is you know how do you know that exactly how do they keep track of these things how do they know it but 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 it's because they're they're migratory animals so they go with certain cycles of nature and so when that cycle completes itself then they know inherently it's funny because humans did have the ability to do that as well we've become so dependent on technology and sort of these external cues to tell us when to do this and when to do that but that is actually innate in us as well to follow seasons to follow the sun Mm -hmm. to have that kind of be our guiding light and indeed that is the foundation of most religions is the sunlight Mm -hmm nighttime seasonal Mm -hmm. so such and such and i do relate to like that natural process and that natural flow and progression of of life and of the seasonal cycles and stuff but these elephants (laughs) like we've given ourselves so much more to live our lives with technology and obviously as you're talking about like digital ways to keep track of time and you know our instincts have lessened as our technology has grown but these elephants are like living 50 60 years just romping around out there no clothes no technology just like what are they doing for all that time it's a long time just to be living they are playing games they are singing songs you know there there are even sounds that elephants make that we can't perceive with our hearing 
because the register is so low, but they have just a myriad of signals for each other, almost to the point of being its own language. It's fantastic. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, the technology and, and, you know, all these things that make our lives easier and more convenient have not made us any happier, certainly. I imagine the average elephant is far happier than we are. Right? Okay. So let's talk about one of the, like, either urban legends or facts, you can educate me, about an elephant. Is like, oh, an elephant's memory is so great. They never forget anything. What's what's the story with that? That's true. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, they're, again, because their brains are so big and so dense, their ability to store memory is is very interesting. Often the people credit the chimpanzee with being the most intelligent mammal. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but elephants are easily on the same level as chimpanzees or dolphins or, or something like that, their ability to problem solve. And part of that is their ability to retain memory. For example, a lot of times, you know, because in places in Africa and uh, sort of the sub-Indian continent, there are a lot of uh, elephant orphanages, mm-hmm. Mo- mostly in Africa, because that's where poaching is the worst. Mm-hmm. And so each elephant has to have its own caretaker because they have to have someone they can bond with. Mm. And indeed, these caretakers will sleep with them. They have to. Otherwise, these elephants will have nightmares and they'll wake up and all of this because they never forget the loss of their parents. Mm. And it's something that haunts them for the rest of their lives. Like even if if a mother elephant is killed, the baby will not leave her side. It'll just stay there. And if it dies, that's what happens to it. But it can't, it cannot leave its mother's side. So not to be too much of a downer, but that, that is another reason why I think, you know, elephants, especially, and again, as far as the sea goes, you know, whales, but, you know, it is so important to preserve the elephants. As of now, I think there's maybe 400,000 African and African forest elephants and Indian elephants, it's more like 50,000. Wow. It's a pretty dire. And also the way that elephants are used for human entertainment. Mm-hmm. These, uh, these creatures are so much more advanced socially and emotionally than we are. It really does speak to man's arrogance. Because mm-hmm. elephants can't be domesticated. They can be trained to do certain things, but you cannot domesticate them. It's not like dogs or, or even cats to an extent. I was in Singapore once and I went to the Singapore Zoo because I saw that they offered elephant rides. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, right. I'm thinking I'm going to have my own elephant and we're going to go on an adventure together. <laughs> I don't know why that would, that would be like the biggest liability ever. <laughs> Just rent it for the day. Go out on the town. Right? And I was, like, in my 20s. I was too old to be thinking that that's what was going to happen. Right. But I still, like, mm, maybe. So I get there and I buy a ticket. And this elephant comes out with this big, like, steel box strapped to its back. And there's, like, six people sitting in it. And one guy driving the elephant. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely disgusting. And the elephant tried throwing dirt on the people that were on its back and tried like, you know, doing this and the trainer would have to, and I went Uh. back and I returned my ticket and they were like, Oh, why are you returning it? And I'm like, because this is so wrong. Like you can see how in pain that elephant. And I mean, they don't 
give a shit. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah. They don't care. And that elephant's living alone, right? And being a social creature, again, as as you've taught us, yeah, that's and... not what that elephant wants to be doing. God, no. Well, and, and elephants are smart enough to know when they're being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. This elephant was smart enough to actually be insulted by what it was being made to do. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like a dog where you train it and it's like, yay, I'm doing my job. Elephants have <laughs> too much awareness for that. Yeah. Have you ever ridden an elephant, though, now that you bring it up? No. No, 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 no I can't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't ride an elephant unless the elephant invited me to, unless we had a bond. Uh, like bent over and well, literally. And it said, I will allow you to. And then I, then that would be the happiest day of my life probably. Yeah, but, I would imagine. but in lieu of that, no, it would not, I would, I wouldn't be okay about that. I mean, clearly you're passionate, not only about uh, elephants in general, but about their rights. Are you, involved in spreading awareness in any way or do you get involved in in stopping these poachers you know that actually is my goal you know i've never been good at promoting anything or putting myself out there or or really activism of any kind you know i'm a shy artist fair enough (laughs) yeah but that is one thing that you know if i am ever in a position where i have the money and the clout to push that i will my dream is to buy artillery for uh, anti-poaching militias in Africa. I want to buy them, you know, anti-aircraft missiles and just blow those fuckers out of the sky. Because a lot of the time, you know, these poachers, it's not like they're hunting. Like, there's no fair fight. They're in a helicopter with a bullet that's this Mm -hmm. big, just just picking them off. And they just take their tusks and leave. Yeah. Why? Yeah, why? The tusks. Tusks are valuable. It's it, so stupid. Their ivory is incredibly valuable. And which is funny because they're teeth. They're just teeth. Yeah. It's not like a special, they're not made of gold. But yeah, the black market, it, it is incredibly lucrative to sell ivory on the black market. And at one point I heard this rumor that people were trying to 3D print ivory. I believe to it. To flood the market, with, which would be great, but it had nothing has really happened to slow it down yet. So I don't know if that ever came to fruition yeah, or how what. expensive. Yeah, again, if I had the money, I would absolutely invest in that. You got to get the sea shepherds on it, you know? I mean, they're oh, having yeah. success with the whaling industry. So yeah. maybe, maybe a connection. You did mention the similarities between elephants and whales. And so could you go into that a little bit for me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, so um, whales are more solitary than elephants are. And usually a whale and its calf will stay together for a lot longer. Mm. But it's negligible, the, the, the difference. And again, socially, very similar. Intelligence-wise, very similar. They also have a, a much higher density of these synapses that form emotional bonds. Mm-hmm. It's even more, it's something like 20 to 50 times what humans are capable of. And they of. have their own language as well. They communicate. They have their own language. And, and again, very aware. I mean, there are many stories of whales sort of saving or uh-huh. protecting divers from sharks or, or other predators, which is interesting because, you know, whales will go out of their way for us. Mm-hmm. I've seen Castaway. It happens. Yeah, no, it, it does. And it would be nice to return that favor. Yeah. You know, they, they, they really, they're incredibly gentle, incredibly noble, just like elephants. 
Alex, do you share this love with anybody, like your partner or your family? Is this just an Alex thing? I think this is just an Alex thing. I mean, I've never met anyone who doesn't like elephants, but I haven't met anyone who is as obsessed with them. I mean, I'm sure there are, but, you know, I don't know any other actors that are obsessed with elephants. I have met a couple, like, I worked with Maggie Q, who is a force of nature. I have, I am in awe of this woman. But she works with elephants. Oh. She works with an African elephant outreach, which I would also want to do, but Asian elephants also really need help, and they're not as much the face of elephant preservation uh, as much as African elephants are. Mm-hmm. Also, using, again, like in Singapore, using elephants for entertainment is the problem in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. African elephants are not used for entertainments, really. They're really just hunted for their tusks because their tusks are much, much bigger. Just like the elephants themselves are much bigger than than uh, Indian elephants. Mm-hmm. I shot in Thailand and there are, are a few places that claim to be elephant rescues but they're not. The elephants are chained up. They use them as tourist attractions. It's absolutely yeah. horrible. And again, I would love to see all of those people put in jail. Now, one of the biggest problems, too, with a lot of this outreach work for elephants is dealing with the governments. You know, like uh, famously, this was very disturbing, but Robert Mugabe said in a press conference that the poaching of elephants is sort of the elephants paying their rent for being able to live in in his country. Like, I can't think of a more evil thing, evil perspective. I'm speechless, and that doesn't happen often. Oh, my God. It, like, it really, I can feel my face getting hot. Mm-hmm. Even now, I'm like, whew. I mean, imagine... Yeah, I wish bit like big game hunting. I hate, but I wish that that was the only problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because that would be a lot easier to to legislate against. Mm-hmm. They are making too much money, and you know Robert Mugabe himself and his cabinet is far too corrupt to ever do anything about it. And it's not like they have term limits there, yeah, or anything like that. So it's that is a much bigger thing to contend with, which is why, you know, funding a militia seems like a far more expedient solution. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a little bit of a obtuse question, but I think I'm going to get a great answer. So I'm going <laughs> to ask it anyway. <laughs> what characteristic of an elephant or of their communities do you wish you had, Alexandra, in your life? I don't know. It's very interesting because there there are so many ways that elephants and humans are similar in the way mm-hmm. that we socialize. You know, they like to joke around. They, they pull pranks on each other. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that appeals to me most about the sort of elephant lifestyle, if you will, uh, is its simplicity. Mm-hmm. There's something very stoic about elephants that I respect a lot. And I, I am a stoic at heart. It's something that I really wish people taught in schools. I think we would all be a lot, um, not even happier because happiness is kind of an illusion, but more fulfilled and less afraid of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, ultimately, mm-hmm. there is something very self-possessed about elephants that, that I wish I could glean, I guess, through osmosis. 
yeah, even in battle, you don't really see them exhibit fear, you know? No. They're exhibiting strength and presence and tactical moves, but not fear. And that that's yeah. something that as humans we've latched onto so much. Yeah, and we're very motivated by fear. Yes. As well. That's why humans are so easy to manipulate. But elephants are not. No. No. <laughs> it's interesting too with elephants because they kind of like humans can be undone by their own perception of things like, uh, you know, if an elephant is tied up with a rope and they have been since they were a calf, they will just assume that they can never break the rope, even once they are fully grown and could easily just snap it. Because that was their experience as a child, which again speaks to their their amazing memory, they, they keep that idea in their head mm -hmm. and they don't test it much like humans do. Very human-like. Very yes. human-like. Yeah. This is how it was when I was a kid. This must be how it is now. Social conditioning, personal yes. conditioning. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. What was, is, all that. Yeah. That's amazing. How would you feel about going to an elephant sanctuary and living with them for like a week, just out in nature? I would live with them for a year. I would be so unbelievably happy to to do that to have the opportunity to do that it would be amazing i would just work from my tent i'd build you a yurt <laughs> clear thank be you nice. be very you're nice. welcome <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Thank you. This has been such a fascinating mm -hmm. episode. We didn't even talk about the fact that they, they're vegetarians. Yeah. And how much how much they have to consume on a daily basis to maintain that body is oh, unbelievable. What What is it? Uh, they have to consume something like between one and two tons. That's a lot of, of twigs. A and lot of lettuce. Bark. Yeah. Plants. Sometimes cones. Yep. Yeah, depending upon the, the time of year and where they are. Yeah, and, and, and not all of that gets digested either. So they have to, like, eat so much to make sure that they get enough. I mean, I think they spend something like three quarters of their day eating. I or love it. upwards, upwards of I, that. I, Another I, way I'm similar yeah, to an so <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, with that, this has been a wonderful episode. Could you please, Alexandra, regale us with a love letter to elephants? Dear elephants... I love you. Thank you so much for uh, teaching me about being kind and gentle. I really hope that I can do my part to save you. And we don't deserve you. Love, Alex. Love, Lovely. Alex. Yay! <laughs> Alex Ryder is back. Hello, Alex. You have a lot of work to do. To face his greatest challenge yet. We have an active threat. They can wipe out an entire city. People are gonna die. Now he's running out of time. We have three days to find and destroy. He doesn't know who he can trust. We're not your enemies. We never have been. Everything I've been told has been lies. And our future is in his hands. The truth can be complicated. On April 5th. This weapon is capable of inflicting 100,000 deaths in a heartbeat. The danger is everywhere. Scorpio are no longer hiding in the shadows. The battle threatens everyone. It's personal. It's revenge. It's kill or be killed. That's when you find out what you're really capable of. And his choice could change everything. I'm sick of being manipulated to do what everyone else wants. Tell him the truth, all of it. The world isn't black and white. 
All we really have are the people we trust. Alex Ryder, season three, streaming free April 5th. Stream seasons one and two free now. Wow. Okay, Claire, uh, I'm sold on elephants. I've loved them before, but now it's like, how can you not love an elephant, you know? I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> I just keep going back to my thought of like, they obviously they're highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, we tossed around the dolphin and the, what are the other animals that are, uh, the chimpanzee the whale, that yeah, are often, all the, smart ones, the whale maybe. that are comparative, but I just think about this elephant like living its life out there 50, 60 years, just like, you know, in nature, it's crazy to think about that long because like, you know, most, well, I don't want to say most, I guess I'm not really that educated on this, but my perception as a human is animal lifespan is much shorter than human lifespan. Which isn't the case with elephants, really. 60 years is parapasuta humans. So it's like, what are they doing with all their time? Like, why haven't they gone to the moon yet? Come on, (laughs) elephants. Step it up. We know you're smart. So get it. Get it going. They're so smart. They're so fun. And and honestly, all I want to do is go up and hug them. That's it. That's all. I just want to run up to them and just go hug them. And I know that's a bad idea, but... I'm the same way with dogs, too. I just I just love them. Okay, so we touched on something really interesting with Alex. Like, she really got into elephants at a young yes. age. You know, she talks about that time when she was very young, seeing them for the first time, and then when she was 13, having the, you know, another significant experience with the animal. What was your animal growing up? Like, what did you really like? I mean, I'm a dog guy. I'm, I'm obsessed yeah. with dogs. If I see somebody walking a dog on the street, I will go up to them and ask if I can pet it. And most people do not want that. They're just trying to walk their dog. And I get it. <laughs> I get that. You can tell the people that do want it, if the dog's wearing a sweater, boots, like some egregious collar, then you can talk to him. Like when I get really sad, Claire, my wife will do two things. She'll put on dog videos and she'll put on hippo videos. Because I love hippos. I will never touch one. I know they are, especially after this episode, I know how crazy they are. But I just think they're so cute and big, you know? I mean, they are big. So <laughs> this, there's so much to talk about no. here. Whenever I think of hippos, I think of Pablo Escobar's cocaine. like cocaine hippos. hippos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're getting rid of them. They're moving them. They're moving them. I, I know. I got to follow that story. Trust me, I will be following that story. But I, unfortunately, growing up, chose to be obsessed with a uh, animal that does not actually exist. I loved unicorns. Of course. So of course. I had a stuffed unicorn that we called uni or I called uni that I would carry. And it was like this big, you know, about the size of a baked potato. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would carry uni around. And then my dog ate uni's leg. And so my parents had to get another unicorn. Uni is out there somewhere in existence. I don't think anybody would have deprived me by throwing Uni away. Well, so. I have one big question. I'm sure all our listeners want to know. How long did you believe in unicorns? When did your parents shatter the reality? Well, I mean, I never believed in them as if they were oh, real. okay. I, I just really liked unicorns. Got it. They're cool. But I grew up in Ohio. So like goats, chickens, farm animals, I wasn't really into because they were just everywhere, yeah. you know? We had a German shepherd, loved that. We had a cat, loved my cat, you know, two cats, Muffin and Rascal. <laughs> but I don't know. I like elephants now, but... I don't know. I've never been super into like an actual living being. I love going to the zoo and I have conflicted feelings Mm -hmm. about the zoo because as much as I love seeing elephants and seeing uh, hippos and seeing all these amazing animals, I have a little guilt about the fact that we're 
keeping them there. Mm. But seeing the elephants every time, it always just gives me such a smile because they are social creatures and they're hanging out together and they're playing sometimes. And if they have their babies there, it's adorable. And you know you're looking at creatures that love each other. And it just lets me know there's something more, Claire. You know, there's something more in this world. I agree with you 100%. There is something very self-reflective about watching these majestic animals, not just elephants, but all the large game, I guess you could say. Speaking of zoo, I too have conflicting feelings. I prefer like nature conservatories Mm -hmm. or conservations. However, at the zoo... especially the LA Zoo, the elephant exhibit, which they just redid, by the way, the elephant will come out into the public part. I want to know what's behind that wall. I want to know where the elephant is coming from. Like, don't give me just this view. I want the back view as well. So that's really what I'm interested in before I make my final judgment on, you know, I think their enclosures. the bottom line is we all need to fly to Africa and go see some elephants in person. I agree. Um, Speaking of that, thank you guys for listening today. This has been a great episode. Find us online, wearefanatics.com or at wearefanatics on Twitter. Listen to all our backlog of episodes. Yes, and make sure that you check out Alexandra S.O. in the amazing The Pope's Exorcist that's out now with Russell Crowe and enjoy the movie as much as you enjoyed this podcast. Absolutely. And remember, sharing is caring, so share this episode with a friend. We will see you guys next Thursday. That's a fact. That is a fact. Bye. All right, everybody. we got a great show next week that I'm super excited about. It is the one and only Folly Ricardo Havana, who is an up-and-coming actor, and you can see him in the highly anticipated show, Unprisoned, as Kerry Washington's son, But more importantly, we're going to have him and we're going to be talking about bouldering. So listen up, get excited, because it's going to be a great episode. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. <laughs>